This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to episode 200. Wait, are you kidding me? 200? Can you believe it? Well, this episode is going to be a bit different. Please join us in celebrating. It's everything that we've created with the Zebra podcast has been, um, it's been, it's been fun to watch it develop and grow over these past four seasons. And um, I'm glad that I could be uh, a part of it and watch it grow to what it's become. We took a few moments to join with our podcast producer, Ellis Lineback, to learn more about what goes on behind the scenes of the podcast. We hear from several friends who joined in with congratulatory words on this 200th episode milestone. We reminisce listening back on a few of the most popular topics. We take joy in some of our more comical moments, hear a few clips from our segments, and offer up a few giveaways to you, our listeners. This week's question of the week, what do you enjoy most about the podcast, is answered by our furniture refinishing friends Anne Michelle with Amini Design Ashburn, Amy with Panolo Designs, Sandra with Black Lab Furniture Revival, and Cindy with Reinvented Delaware. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Hey, listeners, this is Mike Sherman, CEO of Zebra, and I wanted to extend a hearty thank you to all of you who tune in each week to listen to our podcast. At small companies, ideas are usually plentiful, but most don't see the light of day. So to celebrate our 200th podcast is very special. A hearty congratulations to Elaine and Ellis for coming up with the idea for the podcast and producing a great podcast each week. And most importantly, thank you to all of you, our listeners, who tune in each week. Friends, there are no words really to share how enjoyable it has been on my part over the last four seasons to meet so many of you and to get to know you and call you friend. Zebra loves community, and this podcast has always been about investing in that community. With so much division in the world these days, it's a joy to come together on something we all enjoy, and that is the art of painting. This community truly respects and cares for one another, and we trust this podcast has been pivotal in building upon that fact. Today, we celebrate 200 episodes. We hope you take pleasure in this 200th episode as we look back over the last four seasons. The success of this podcast is owed in part to my good friend and our podcast producer, Ellis Lineback. I took a few minutes to chat with Ellis so you could hear what happens behind the scenes. Hopefully, he doesn't edit himself out. (laughs) Enjoy. Hello, my friend. Well, it's our 200th episode. If you don't already feel old, do you feel old now? No, actually, no, considering I'm nowhere near 200 myself. <laughs> okay, so that makes you feel younger, right? Yeah, it makes it actually, actually, I feel pretty good about myself right now. Yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take the same uh, MO here and feel good about myself, too. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, you know, it really is hard to believe that we have created and produced 200 episodes. That's that's a lot of accumulative effort, not just by us, but by all of our guests as well. I mean, that's crazy. It is. It really is. If you think about it, the the amount of not not just time that goes into it, but the amount of contributors, uh, individuals, parts, mm-hmm. segments, everything that we created with the Zebra podcast has been, um, it's been, it's been fun to watch it develop and grow over these past four seasons. 
And um, I'm glad that I could be uh, a part of it and watch it grow to what it's become. You know, it's funny. When we started the podcast, we had no idea how it would be received. And fortunately, with this community, we had a lot of excitement and enthusiasm back in season one and has carried all the way through season four. It really has given artists an opportunity to have a presence and a platform that they really didn't have previously. And I mean, primarily mm-hmm. furniture finishers. Um, so it's just, it's been, it's been a really good platform. You know, Ellis, you and I have been friends for many years. We enjoy working together. So it's been a great opportunity to leverage our skills to make this podcast happen every week. I thought it would be fun for our listeners to learn a little about what goes on each week as we prepare for the podcast and primarily what happens behind the scenes. So you and I do a lot of brainstorming to determine the flow of the podcast and what segments we want to include and as well, what new segments we want to integrate into the podcast. And you spend a great deal of your time editing the podcast and keeping track of the podcast stats, our category rankings, as well as overall rankings. Tell us about your editing process. It begins once I hear from you, hey, the recording's done, of course. And I go out to our uh, vendor that captures the audio. I download all the audio, of course, and I bring it into my uh, software editing program. And then I begin the process of just stitching everything together. It's just not one fluid piece, you know, one piece that I have to edit. There's a a lot of different parts that go into uh, the finished product because there's a lot of different segments that we put together and to make it one cohesive final piece. Um, so it's really just going through that process of editing out, you know, d- different sounds that we, that we don't want to hear. Um, oh, yeah. Let me interrupt here. You mean like my ums? Yes. And actually, I just did an um. <laughs> like, um yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I just did one myself. Uh, yeah, and there you go. I, and, and, you know, really, that's that's kind of a normal thing to do for a lot of people. And so it's not like it's out of place. And I don't try to take out every little um, or anything that doesn't sound right, because we also want the audio and the to sound real. It, it is a conversation, and in co- real conversations, you know, people, you know, you know, as I'm doing now, you kind of pause and you have to think about exactly what you want to say, and we want to keep it real. We don't want it to see seem so polished that it comes across as you know cold. We want it to be real and lively. Yeah, and that, and that really is the challenge. We've talked about that a lot. I think what it is, too, so when Ellis puts all of this together, adds the music, and just kind of gets it all nice and polished, then he sends it to me, and I get to listen to the draft, which I do. It's probably the part that I hate the most because I have to listen to myself. And it's funny because I'll go back to Ellis and I'll, I'll like there was an um a couple ums in there with me. Do you think those should be left? He's like, oh, that's that's natural to keep those in there. So. Fortunately, Ellis makes good decisions when it comes to what to take out and what not to take out. It's also difficult because with my mic, it picks up my breathing. And of course, I have to breathe to live here, right? But sometimes it magnifies it. And so obviously, it's, you know, it's a lot more work to editing than I think probably most people realize in order to make it sound natural, balanced and sound like, you know, it's just friends having a conversation, which really that has always been the goal when we do these podcasts is that, you know, these, that I'm just listening in on the conversation. And, uh, and so you, you do a really good job with that. Um, so I appreciate definitely you cleaning up my blunders. You, you really do uh, a tremendous job pulling all the elements together. As I mentioned each week, taking out gaps, taking out mistakes, adding in the music, adjusting the audio, uploading the show to the directories, 
updating the podcast page on Enjoy Zebra, pulling the graphics together, etc. So it's nice to recognize your efforts each week behind the scenes. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure folks know that the podcast, yes, you know, I'm, I'm the host and I'm interviewing these friends, but you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make it what it is today. And so you deserve a lot of congratulations for that after 200 episodes. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it's, it is work. I mean, that's, there, that's reality, but at the same time, it's enjoyable work for me. I, I enjoy the, the details behind the scenes, making it come together. It's, it's kind of like, you know, furniture refinishing, if you will, so to speak, you grab a, some raw, uh, uh, footage, if you will, in my case, and you you clean it up and you put it together and you you do the editing and it produces a final uh, enjoyable, uh, hopefully enjoyable uh, audio piece that people glean from. And you know, just like a furniture rear finisher finds a uh, individual piece of furniture that needs some love and care and needs that editing, if you will. Uh, to make it into a uh, a beautiful piece of art. That, that's kind of how I look at what I do. With that said, I don't want to compare my work uh, behind my technical work behind the scenes of doing this podcast to the beautiful, beautiful pieces that our uh, furniture refinishing friends do and, 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 and work on day in and day out. I'm in awe of the art artistic value that they bring to this community. And, and I'm humbled actually by, by what they do. Yeah, well, for sure. But I think that's a good analogy though, because even, even from the uh, analogy that there are many different processes and phases and steps in order to get a furniture piece from what it was when they picked it up to what it is when they stage it and sell it. Uh, and there's so many different facets. And I think that's the point with the podcast you know, it may sound easy to some degree, um, but there is a lot of work that goes into making a podcast what it is today. And we try to, as you know, um, make it more interesting, almost like a radio program. So there's different segments to it. So there's many different facets to one specific episode. And I think that's really worked well. You know, we mentioned planning earlier. One of the challenges of planning is planning out ahead but not getting too far ahead to keep it current with what is going on in the community. And I think that's, that's a bit of a balance as well. Wouldn't you say? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yes. We do want to be current with what's happening right now with um, our furniture friends. Um, so that, you know, people can know that this is, this is real time and real life that is happening, yeah. you know, on a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help that I ask the weather, you know. <laughs> but I'm, ask, I'm, I'm asking about the weather, and yet uh, it turned really cold, in there, and I'm talking about that it's warm out. So, no, that, that's funny, but that does make it a little tricky at times when we're, when we're talking about the weather conditions. And, and we want people, when they are listening, and we are talking about, even though it's a very short segment of the podcast when we're talking about that, but it's like it's relatable to them, like, oh, it's 30 degrees in uh, South Carolina. My goodness, it's uh, 40 in Minnesota. Why is it warmer up here than it is down in South Carolina? So it's all those kind of interesting things. Um, tell us about our stats. What category uh, as a podcast do we fall in and how are we doing overall? Sure. Well, the overarching or the main category that we are slotted in is the arts category. 
And within the arts category, there are quite a few other subcategories. And that's where we, we want to focus on. And the main one that we are in is design. So you got arts is the main category and design is the subcategory. And within that, that, that design subcategory, there's well over 6,000 plus active live um, podcasts that are going on currently from, you know, uh, from week to week to week. We have steadily, once we, we started growing and moving forward, we have steadily been in, uh, in the top 2% of all those podcasts over the last uh, four seasons. And uh, so that puts us roughly anywhere in the top 50 consistently. It's, mm. There's an ebb and flow to the rankings, if you will. But having a consistent format that we do have, um, a weekly uh, production that we put on, has provided a venue that people have have come to you know re- rely on or expect to be able to listen to. And that, that mm. so by acquiring that those many listeners um, it, it's kept us in that, that top 2% ranking that we, uh, we enjoy actually. Yeah. And, and, you know, we certainly can't thank our guests enough because they're providing really the information, the inspiration, the content, um, it does require a lot of work on our part, but uh, it wouldn't be what it is today. Um, if it weren't for the, the excellent guests that we have on and the camaraderie that we have with them and with one another, because we have multiple podcasts, as you guys know, where we have multiple guests on at once. And so that gives a lot of synergy that we really enjoy. And I want to ask you, Ellis, what do you enjoy? Because your perspective in the podcast is a little bit different. You're listening all to this all raw audio, putting it together. So what do you enjoy the most about the podcast? There's a few things. Uh let me speak to the technical stuff because I do enjoy the work that, and I've already addressed that. So, but that is a fun part, but I love taking all those different pieces, elements that go into making the podcast and creating that final piece. So yes, that's a given. I, and I have addressed that before. So, but as far as what I really enjoy, yeah, I'm listening to it. I'm not just you know, listening to the the technical aspects of it, I'm gleaning. I'm taking in what all of our guests are saying. You know, you know, if it's a certain piece that they're, they're talking about, you know, about a technique they use. Now, I don't pause and go and look at it immediately, but after the fact, if it's really captured my attention, I'll go back to their Instagram page or I'll go refer to what they were speaking of and you know take it in because it really inter- interests me. Um, I also love hearing what people are doing in their studios because, again, that's real life. This is what our furniture refinishing friends do. And so it's interesting and, and actually exciting to hear what they are doing, actually doing. Um, and it's just the information. I, it's, it's inspired me and, and my wife as well that when we look at furniture pieces, many in our own home, we've redone. And I would say it's because I, we got involved in the furniture refinishing podcast. It's inspired us. My wife, as she's close by a lot of times, she hears the audio that I'm editing and she'll comment. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Oh, let me see the piece that they're referring to. She gets interested. So it's it's inspiring, needless to say. Yeah, that's, uh, I would have to agree on a lot of that, even for myself. I, I just, I love talking to people. 
And it's, it's so great to be able just to have a conversation with people maybe that I've never spoken to before. Um, I love making new friends and getting to know uh, folks out in the refinishing community. And it's exciting, too, because it's really broadening. It's, um, you know, the decorative refinishers are uh, listening in and they're participating in some of the conversations that are taking place. And, you know, is there's a relationship there. It's, you know, there's some uh, common talents that are shared there between refinishers, decorative faux refinishers, uh, and then also even a lot of muralists uh, are using our, our brushes, our paint uh, brushes. And so it's a, it's a community and it's broadening. And then, of course, just the refinishing community has grown tremendously in the last couple of years, and I think it will continue to grow. Well, we don't want to fail to mention, uh, and this goes without saying, but this podcast is only possible because Zebra has seen the value in the last four years to support financially and with a valuable resource of time. Uh, to uh, contribute to the community in multiple ways, but one of which is this podcast. Uh, and then having said that as well, if you enjoy this podcast, it makes a huge difference, as Ellis just talked about, and he was talking about the rankings and, and where we fall, but it makes a huge difference in the podcast rankings when listeners take the time to rate and review the show. And you can do that on your favorite podcast directory. All right. Well, we both have a lot to do today, so we better get back to work. Thanks so much, Ellis. You're welcome, my brother. I appreciate you. Likewise. Zebra, I cannot believe you guys are at 200 episodes. You guys are an amazing company and your brand has done so much for this special industry. And we are so proud of everything that you guys have accomplished. Great job and keep up the good work. I know there will be 200 more episodes to come bringing great content to your listeners. This is Hannah with Surf Prep. Have a good one. We wanted to offer a few giveaways to you, our listeners. We have multiple choice questions, one that we will ask now and one a bit later in the podcast. Simply answer the question by emailing it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com, or you can DM us in our Instagram account, Zebra Painting. If you get the right answer, you will be placed into a drawing to win a prize and then notified when we do the drawing. Our first question winner will receive our amazing eight-piece holiday paintbrush kit. It comes with a round brush, square brush, triangle brush, two-inch Palm Pro trim, two-inch chisel wedge, two-and-a-half-inch trim, two-inch Palm Pro top coat, and a three-inch top coat. It's a wonderful kit, so make sure you participate in this giveaway. Okay, here's our giveaway question. The four top countries that tune into our podcast are the U.S., the UK, Australia, and Canada. Which country is the fifth on the list? A, Sweden. B, Ireland. C, Germany. Or D, New Zealand. One of the incredible benefits of having a podcast with segments is that it allows for a great deal of information and inspiration all in just one episode. One of the segments we've had through several seasons is our refinishing tip segment. We wanted to share a few of them here. Get your pen and paper ready to write them down in case you have missed them in the past. Hi, this is Habri from Happily Restored. My number one refinishing rule is don't rush the process. When planning your design, putting together a cost estimate, prep or paint, don't rush the process. 
I love restoring pieces back to natural wood or having a mix of wood and paint for an interesting look. When sanding a piece, start slow. I always start with 120 to 150 just to see how the existing finish reacts. I've had to change direction numerous times after discovering beautiful wood or perfect veneer under a coat of interior wall paint on a piece. I've also had to end up painting after thinking it's going to be beautiful veneer and then it's damaged and a mess. Don't skip a grit while sanding down. You will regret it later or end up redoing it. 100 to 120 to 150, 180, 220, 350, 400, sometimes up to 600 grit when I want to keep it a natural finish. My last round of sanding is always done by hand to just even it all out. Take your time when you start painting. I make sure I have a selection of my favorite brushes ready. You might need to swap brushes without planning to afford a cleaner and neat finish. I always have a spray bottle filled with water nearby to keep the brush damp to reduce brush strokes. My Zebra Palm Pro brush is by far my absolute favorite. I can take my time and paint at a speed that ensures a beautiful smooth finish without having my hands cramp up. Again, don't rush the process and give the paint time to dry between each coat. I always use 1000 grit paper and hand sand between each coat for a smooth finish. Don't rush a project because you promised your followers you will have it ready tomorrow or you haven't posted on Instagram in a while. Take your time, you will get it done, even if it takes 8 hours, not 7. Things go wrong when you rush. And your clients will appreciate the attention to detail and a beautiful quality finish. Hey everyone, it's Andy from Furniture Fables. My tip for you today is to take photographs of your work throughout your refinishing process. We tend to really focus on and think about those gorgeous staged photos we know are coming at the end, but it's kind of amazing how powerfully pictures can inform us along the way. Many times a mid-process picture has revealed to me some issue or other that I just wasn't seeing from my three-dimensional real world view. So keep your phone by your side, take your pics, then take a break, pour yourself a beverage, and take a look at what the camera is seeing, and let those pictures help and inform you throughout your refinishing process. Oh, and bonus tip, if you happen to share your home with artistically enthusiastic teenagers, make sure to hide your favorite zebra brushes, otherwise they tend to mysteriously walk away all on their own and are neither seen nor heard from again. Hey guys, this is Courtney with Steelbert Studios, and for your refinishing tip today, I wanted to recommend what I do to get really strong odors out of furniture. Um, I'm actually working on two pieces right now that I picked up without seeing in person first, and unfortunately they smell really strongly of cigarette smoke. Oh no! <laughs> but what I do is first I disinfect the entire piece by using a mixture of alcohol and water. I mix about 75% alcohol with water, which is really strong, so wear a mask and gloves. Um, but I coat the whole piece and make sure it dries. Um, it does, when, when the piece gets wet, it will reactivate the smell, so make sure it airs out completely before the next step. And the next step is getting a bunch of shellac. And I recommend clear shellac, and I use a brush. I'm actually using my Zebra Wedge brush right now for this. 
But um, So with the core of shellac and my wedge brush, I go into the entire piece and coat with, um, I coat it two times. So I do inside the drawers, under the drawers, the drawer sides, and in the interior of the piece, I also do two coats um, and make sure that they dry in between. And um, with a brush, you can actually see all the areas you're getting and you put it on thick enough. You can use a spray can of shellac um, inside. Just make sure you're coating completely anything that's been exposed to the, um, to the odor. So the cigarette smoke in this case. But um, I've, in the past I've done, you know, vinegar washes and left out in the sun and I've just, you know, done shellac in the drawers and it just hasn't been enough. So I highly recommend two coats of shellac uh, in the entire piece and that will help with um, locking in smells and it will also be disinfected um, after the alcohol and water wash. So happy refinishing guys. Hey, this is Diane with the Pink Pinecone, and my tip is around prepping your piece, particularly as it pertains to staining it. So when you know you're going to be applying stain to the wood, you want to be careful not to use a sandpaper that's too fine. Um, the reason for this is you can actually start to tighten the wood grain and seal the wood, which won't allow the stain to properly penetrate. So I typically start with like a 100, 120 grit sandpaper, just depending on how damaged the piece is. Um, then I work my way up to those finer grits, progressing through each one without skipping any. So amongst other things, jumping or skipping around can sometimes cause those squiggle marks you get. And again, with staining the piece in mind, I'll stop at 180 grit for harder woods like oak and 220 for softer woods like pine. Um, then I apply my pre-stained conditioner, which they sell that pre-mixed, or you can just use a combination of shellac and alcohol, wait a little bit, and then I apply the stain. And that's my tip. If you have any questions or you want to follow me, I'm at Pink Pinecone on Instagram. So happy refinishing. Hi, it's Karen from Designs by Karen, and I'm here to share a refinishing tip with you. One of the things that I get asked about the most often is when you should clean your piece, whether you should clean it before you sand or whether you should clean the piece after you sand. Prep is super important when refinishing furniture, and the thing that you need to remember is that you always want to thoroughly clean your piece before you sand. Using some sort of a degreasing agent, like a TSP or a TSP alternative, simple green, even blue dawn dish detergent mixed in with a little bit of water, anything like that will clean your piece and remove any grease, dirt, or oil residue. You wanna make sure that all of that buildup is off before you sand. And the reason why you do that is if you don't clean it first before sanding, if you sand it and all of that residue is still on there, you're actually forcing that oil and that grease and that other residue into the grain. You're not removing it by cleaning first, you're actually forcing it into the grain. And then that's just going to end up in your final product. So always clean first, then sand, and then you're good to go ahead and refinish your piece. Happy refinishing, everybody. Hope to see you all and talk to you all again soon. Hi, this is Katie from Furniture Refreshed. My tip today has to do with repairing veneer. When you're gluing down lifting veneer, it's important to really get the glue under your surface. To help me do this, I'll use a syringe and also an old credit card or a gift or rewards card to gently spread the glue around between the veneer and your base wood. Then I just clamp it well and let the glue dry. Hope you have a great day. Happy refinishing. Hey, this is Cara from Mud Paint. Congratulations, Zebra, on your 200th podcast episode. What a great accomplishment. Thanks so much for providing great information to the creative community. Keep it up.
we wanted to give artists an opportunity to give a shout out on our podcast platform to friends that they admire for their incredible talents and hard work. The segment born out of this idea was our accolade segment. Enjoy a little montage from the past. Hi, everyone. This is Summer at Pinewood Charm. And today I would love to give accolades to my friend Krista at Deer Run Vintage. Hey everybody, this is Casey with Magnolia Martin Designs, and I really want to give accolades to Julia with Jewel in the Wall Furniture. Hey, this is Erin over at Refurbished-ish, and I just wanted to give major accolades to Kelly over at Patina Design. Hi everybody, this is Anya with Anush Designs, and today I want to give huge accolades to my friend Christina over at Amos Simple Home. Hi, this is Gina from Jaylee Refinishings. I want to give accolades to Taylor On from New Iterations, an amazing refinisher. Hello, it's Ashley from Blue Rain Interiors, and I would like to give accolades to Courtney from Steel Birch Studios. Hi, this is Anne Michelle from Amini Design Ashburn, and I want to give accolades to Shelly from Basalt Mesa Studio. Hi there, I'm Brigid with Blackberry Hills Refinishing, and I want to give accolades to Jennifer at Saved by Design. Hey everybody, this is Amanda over at Lemon Pepper Farmhouse, and I would love to give accolades to my friend Irina over at Repurpose Refinished Upcycled. Hi, this is Blaze. And Deb. From Hidden Charm Woodworks, and would like to give a shout out to our friend Kristen at Vintage Pineapple Company. Hello there, my furniture-loving friends. This is Whitney from the White House on the Square, and I am here to give accolades to Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Hi, y'all. I'm Autumn with Crate Over Pieces, and today I want to give accolades to Walesa from A Life Refurbished. Hey, guys. It's Christy with Chalk It Up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I want to give accolades to my good friend Courtney with Still Birch Studios down in Charleston. Hi, this is Mary with Joy and Grace Designs, and I am giving accolades to my friend Tara at Rosie Refurbishings. Hey everybody, I am Meg from Lovely Jubbly Furniture, and I am going to give accolades to Shannon from Flipped and Chip Co. Hi, this is Susan from Little Lou Designs. I would like to give accolades to Nancy from Viv and Violets. Hey there, this is Jesse from Cypress House Restoration and Design in Lincoln, Nebraska. I would like to give accolades to Christina Baldini from Baldini Furniture Flip. Hi, this is Mary Beth from San Jose Furniture Flip. I am nominating Andy at Furniture Fables by Andy Klein for accolades. Good morning, all. Hi, I'm Linda from the Workshop Studio located in Brisbane, Australia. I'd like to give accolades to Ebony Baston, a furniture refinisher based near to me on the Gold Coast in Australia. Hello, my name is Sarah from Sarah Chen Design. I would like to give the accolade to uh, my furniture friend, Candy Jamison. So glad you're here. My name is Grace. I'm the creator and owner behind A Touch of Grace. I want to give accolades to Elisa over at Home Grove Furniture Design. Hi, Katie here from Salvaged by K. Scott. First, I want to say a massive congratulations to the entire Zebra team on getting to this 200 episode milestone. And I also want to say a really big thank you for doing what you do. You have built up and nurtured an incredible community of refinishers and given us all a platform to talk about our experiences and share what we love with the world in a way that no other brand in our niche has done. So please keep bringing us together to have 
fun, engaging discussions filled with different perspectives. And Lane, never stop asking about the weather. We all love to laugh, don't we? Amidst busy and hectic lives, there's just something incredibly life-lifting about laughter. One of the segments that we unfortunately did not do this season, but plan to bring back in season five, is the Furniture Feud, a game of furniture contestants that answer refinishing questions. For the most part, there are a few odd questions thrown in, and there is a twist about the game. You have to use a sound maker when you think you know the answer. Well, you can imagine how difficult it is to manage asking the questions, listening to the different sound makers to know who chimed in first, keeping track of the scores, etc. It's difficult for someone like me who isn't the best multitasker around. One reason why we didn't have it this season. Anyway, here's a clip from one of our furniture feuds, and it will be followed by something called Out of Nowhere Questions that I often ask guests on the podcast. They too are questions that have nothing to do with refinishing, but they do allow us to learn a little more about one another and to laugh. We hope you enjoy. Another multiple choice question, okay? What is the name of this type of dresser? Wikipedia describes it as a piece of furniture incorporating a chest of drawers and a wardrobe on top. Listen carefully. A, a tall boy. B, a bad boy. Or C, a high boy. Megan. <laughs> okay, I'm going with A, a tall boy. All right, Megan. Very awesome. good. I, I didn't know if anybody would guess B, a bad boy. I, I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close second option. That's right. Everybody wants a bad boy, right? <laughs> Which company over 10 years ago introduced the first full line of application specific paintbrushes referred to as detail oh, paintbrushes? Yeah, did you go just a, did you go a little early? I did. I'm oh, disqualified. Man. Oh, man. But I was so excited because I was Too much like, excitement. I didn't hear that whole question. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess that confirms that she went early, right? I got really excited and I made a noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Fallon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, let me say, Megan and Kristen, I'm going to ask, ask the question again, okay? So okay, okay. you cannot have a false start, all right? Now, now Fallon's disqualified on this one, so I'll ask it again. <laughs> Which company over 10 years ago introduced the first full line of application-specific paintbrushes referred to as detail paintbrushes? Megan! <laughs> Zebra paintbrushes! Say it again! Zebra paintbrushes! All right! Now hold on. You got to get painting. the buzzer, right? Yes! The satisfaction. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Fallon, I wasn't gonna say do, that. Do your do your breathing technique, okay? <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe I could put a little two points out to the side oh, for Fallon. Oh, yeah, it's okay. What is a triple dresser? What is a triple dresser? Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what it's referred oh. to. <laughs> a triple dresser. Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's not uh, a lingo that's often used in furniture fishing. <laughs> Can we get a multiple choice? Anybody want to take a guess mm -hmm. at it? 
Okay. Um, Let me give you multiple choice. Sure. Okay, I'm going to give you three choices, and so when I when I get done with C, then you can uh, chime in with your sound maker. Okay. What is a triple dresser? A, a dresser with four drawers across for most of its height. B, a dresser with three drawers across for most of its height. Or C, a dresser with five drawers across for most of its height. Megan. <laughs> I'm going to go with me. <laughs> you got it. That is right. So you get the winning sound. <laughs> All right. So I would assume you guys want the bonus question since it's so close. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to say this. It's worth a whopping 10 points if you get it, but a negative five points if you get it wrong. So <laughs> if you Ooh. if you go for it, and you win it, you get 10 points. If you go for it and you don't get the question right, you lose five points, okay? So this is not the easiest question in the furniture finishing industry. So I'm going to ask this question and then we'll see who chimes in, see who knows the question. Is it multiple choice? Would you prefer multiple choice? No, it just doesn't matter. I just, just wanted to okay. be ready. Yeah, no, it's not multiple choice, okay? Describe the characteristics of the Jacobean furniture style. Kristen. Um, like chunky legs. Okay. Any other? And lo lots of, yeah, like lots of details, um, thick spindly legs, buffet okay. style, usually. Kristen, you got I it got right. It. That is oh, excellent. Oh, you know what yeah. a Jacobean furniture That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sarah, you ready for your fun out of nowhere question? Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, these are all intended to be fun. So, okay, so okay. here's the question. If you had to have lunch with one of these people, who would it be? A, British adventurer Bear Grylls, B, Princess of Wales Kate Middleton, or C, English actress Maggie Smith? Oh, my goodness. Oh, um... <laughs> Why are they all British? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I have, okay. That's what was so interesting is I was like, how did we end up with all British people? There was no intention I with that, he, but maybe maybe it's my own oh, slant. I don't know. <laughs> I think I have to go with the princess. Really? I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I love a nice, like, high tea. I could see that be, I'm, you know, like, i from Texas and we used to always do, like, high teas in the south and i would love to like just sit and have like tea and little tea sandwiches with her and then get all the gossip you know the royal gossip <laughs> well you just made my 17 year old daughter very happy because she Aww. loves to follow uh kate middleton so uh, right. that was the well, right answer in, very... in her uh, yeah, okay, book anyway. <laughs> so that's great <laughs> Okay, Anna, here's your fun out of nowhere question. If you had to do one of the following, what would you do? A, bungee jump off of the Rio Grande Gorge Bridge in New Mexico. It's over 600 feet high, by the way. I believe that translates to a 42-story building, roughly. B, skydive from a plane. Or C, sing a solo on a stage in front of 100,000 people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you need anything? Okay, repeated? honestly, I would rather 
<laughs> I would rather jump from a high height and stay in front of people solo on a stage. Now, if I am in my house or at Target or something, I will sing all day long. But to be put on a stage, that is what my nightmares are made of. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't intend um, that. Right now. <laughs> so now you're down to a bungee jumping and skydiving <laughs> oh my gosh Ugh. do i trust a cord or do i trust a parachute <laughs> um <laughs> upside down or i guess uh i think i might skydive oh wow because i don't want to go upside down like isn't bungee jumping you have to go head first I, most of the ones I now I've never done it, but most of the ones I've seen, I think they jump off and then they end up. Their feet are at the top and their heads down. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think that's the way yeah. I think I'd prefer to skydive because then at least I can pre- pretend I'm flying or something. <laughs> okay. All right. See how much we learn about each other through these wonderful <laughs> questions. <laughs> Funny. Never did I think I'd, I'd say I want to skydive, but in that yeah. case. Yes. Yeah, when you get those three choices, that comes up, right? <laughs> All right. Okay, Lindsay, you ready for your fun out-of-nowhere question? I think so. Okay, here it is. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to go hiking, would you choose to, A, hike the Appalachian Trail, which starts in Georgia and runs all the way to Maine? You wouldn't have to hike the whole way. Uh, <laughs> or, or B, hike somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, or C, your local park? This is a way easier question. Um, (laughs) I guess I would. (laughs) We have done hiking in the Smoky Mountains before, um, but that was that was crazy. That was like eight miles of pure torture. We were not prepared for that. (laughs) Was it a trail, or was it just like in the woods? It was. It was a trail to like a waterfall. And uh-huh. it was supposed to be a two-mile trip, but my husband chose one that, you know, accidentally chose one that was eight miles. <laughs> and we had no water and no snacks because we were not prepared for that. We ended up drinking out of the river in hopes that we didn't die <laughs> because we were so thirsty. Oh, my gosh. But so I would much rather hike at my local park. <laughs> I think you got a little jeering from the other participants because uh, your question was just a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. It's like she didn't have to put her life at risk. You know, right. any, yeah. Well, maybe she doesn't bring well, water or snacks. Know, but, yeah. I, I yeah. guess so. Yeah, I That's guess right. so. Plus, plus, aren't there grizzlies in the Rocky Mountains? I mean, That's come on. True. An angry Probably. moose. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's right. Shane here at Real Milk Paint Co. And I just want to congratulate you, Zebra Brushes, on your 200th podcast episode. What a great milestone to reach. And just like your brushes that are quality, your podcast is quality and really brings great content to the furniture refinishing world. 
It's time for our second giveaway question, and three winners will each receive a new Zebra Open It. If you haven't seen the new Open It yet, you have to check them out on enjoyzebra.com. This is a must tool to have on Christmas morning and really throughout the year for everyday use. It cuts open hard to open plastic, it snips twist ties and zip ties, it opens battery compartments, and it slices those boxes you know you get from Amazon or anything that has tape on it. And it does all of those easily and safely. Again, you can email me your answer or send it via IG or send it via Instagram indirect messaging at Zebra Painting. All correct answers will be placed into a drawing and chosen at random. Okay, here's our question. How many total number of individual guests do you think we have had on the podcast from season one through season four? So that's all 200 episodes. Here are the multiple choice uh, answers. A, under 100. B, 101 to 200. C, 201 to 300. Or D, 301 to 400. Each podcast has a primary topic that we focus on with a guest or two. We wanted to reach back through season one to season three to pull up the most popular ones and play you a few clips. Our first clip comes from season one with Fallon Yates of Market House Restorations. The topic was how to locate the right furniture pieces. In season three, we interviewed Candy with Orchid Street Blue, Tiffany with Reclaimed, Reimagined, Refinished, and Morgan with Ingrained Furniture. The topic of discussion was common challenges for beginners. And then our last one featured today is from season one with Du Dotson of Du Dotson Designs. And the topic was starting an online furniture painting business. We will play these one after the other. Enjoy. So Fallon, tell us how you locate the right furniture pieces to finish and sell. Sure. I am literally always on the hunt. I, I don't think I stop and it's almost become a habit. Um, that I don't even realize I'm doing, but it's, it's fun. I, I really find it like fun and I enjoy doing it. So, um, honestly it's, it's evolved over the years. When I first started out, it, I could not afford to buy a nice piece of furniture to paint or to restore or whatever. Like I was stating before, you know, it was $10 or less or something on the side of the road or perhaps the current furniture with my, in my home, which still wasn't that nice at the time. Um, so, you know, starting out, it was whatever I could really get my hands on and whatever was available. As I have evolved, um, I've really started looking other places and um, it's I'm still thrifting, if you want to call it, because when you refinish furniture or you repaint it, um, every penny counts. So if you can save money up front, then by all means, go for it. Um, but the main places, and honestly, it's probably kind of broken down into seasons as far as like winter, spring, summer, and fall um, on where I look, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like it's winter right now. So it's kind of, there's not a lot going on. Um, so I'll hit up consignment shops or um, uh, year round. I do Facebook marketplace because it's readily available. I can go into Facebook marketplace and say, Hey, I'm looking for an antique buffet. And if there's one that becomes, you know, comes for sale, it'll send me a notification that it's, it just popped up. And literally, I don't have to do anything but pick up my phone and say, hey, is this available? So that is always something that I do year round, and I'm looking for unique pieces. Um, as far as, again, the winter months go, I love, let me, let me narrow it down to maybe like five different places, just so it sounds easier. Um, and then I'll go from there. 
Uh, Facebook Marketplace is probably my number one right now. And then auctions. I love auctions. If I want something or need something like maybe two or three pieces, that's the route I typically go is um, going to those. Yard sales are actually my favorite. I absolutely love going to yard sales. And neighborhood yard sales, if I can hit up like three or four yard sales at one time, it's like awesome. But obviously it's not yard sale season because it's chilly out, but uh, I'll go over that in a second. And then probably secondhand stores like the Goodwill and Habitat for Humanity um, and kind of those consignment shops. And then probably last, which has honestly become more popular because people have realized what I'm doing now is my friends and family and unfollowers. I get a lot of messages from people saying, hey, Fallon, would you like to come take a look at this? I'm getting ready to sell it. Or um, my mom has had to go into the nursing home. Would you maybe want to check out some pieces before um, I have to sell them and see if you want to buy any? Or we would love to give this to you. Uh, it's just awesome. You know, and it's super cool to see the support of my friends or the community, really, because I think once people really realize your passion and mm -hmm. you are trying to make an income to support your family. And when they know that they are, they're willing to help. So getting the word out, like what you're doing and things has helped a ton. And that's that's up there in that that number five, like top list of where I like to look for the furniture. Mm -hmm. um, again, back to the seasons thing, though. Um Yard sales and auctions are like my number one thing during the spring, the summer, and the early fall. I don't typically hit up auctions during the winter months because everyone is there. Uh, I guess because it's cold out, they don't have anywhere to look either. And so because of that, prices are a lot higher, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and again, when you're in the, the refinishing business, <laughs> every penny counts. And so when a piece of furniture is going for two or three hundred dollars when during the summer it would be like 75 or a hundred it's not, I don't even bother you know mm -hmm. so I, I it, the time of the year really plays a role into that one of my biggest challenges is kind of deciding what pieces I want to have in my studio to refinish and what pieces that um, I'll leave for somebody else to refinish so initially um when I started to feel like this is going to be my career, I took every opportunity to find like a good deal. And I was like, yes, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And quickly my two and a half garage was full of like furniture that I couldn't get to fast enough. So right now I am trying to decide like, okay, I can keep three pieces in here at a time so I can have some more breathing room and I can do the job more efficiently. Of course, I learned how to work with different tools. Um, initially, when I started out, I was using a sheet sander to sand, um, and I loved it. And quickly, I realized that I needed to get an orbital, and I needed to um, just try different tools and techniques so that I could um, get the job done um, efficiently. When you're new to refinishing, you got to take every opportunity to like watch other refinishers or DIYers or wood woodworking people and ask questions. Um, I think that part of who I am is like a person that wants to constantly learn. And 
I'm not afraid of asking questions. So when I follow like specific mentors, either on Facebook or on Instagram, I'll, I'll follow their work and I'll ask them questions and I'll learn from them. And quickly I was able to learn how to, to do certain things and use different tools. Yeah. Same. Um, I I think when I got started, when I realized I was going to do this, I did, I rushed out and I grabbed pieces that, I at least thought were good deals and then got them home and realized that I was in over my head. I didn't have like this tool or that tool or had no clue um, what I was doing with that piece. And, and I came in to this just completely clueless. Um, didn't know, you know, that there was a necessarily like a right or a wrong type of paint to use um, or even that you could just buy new hardware. I, and I don't know why, because I love Hobby Lobby, but I had no idea that there were knobs at Hobby Lobby and you could just go buy them and put them on your piece of furniture. And it was fine to do that. I, I, I didn't know. Like, I really didn't even know that there was a community on Instagram for this until I found the zebra podcast. And I, and that was an accident. I think I just like searched one day and when I was bored, like furniture painting or something. And this podcast happened to come up. So it's some of the same, some of the same things that Candy said, just, and, and for me, I think I was really quick to kind of get caught up in some of the trends that were, that were going on. Um, I think at one point people were showing like their hordes of furniture. And I was like, Oh, I don't have hordes of furniture. I need hordes of furniture. <laughs> and so like I got into that and then, yeah, my garage was, my husband no. was like pump the brakes. Cause you're out of space and this is my office. And so, yeah, now I have a storage unit and I have pieces over there. I was talking with candy earlier. Um, you know, I have pieces over there now that, like I need a router because I have broken drawers and they've been, those pieces have been over there for six months um, because I just don't have the tools to do what needs to be done with them. So that's, if I could tell refinishers that are new to this one thing, it's don't rush too quickly into following a ton of other refinishers Find a few that have been around for a while that you can actually learn from. You're also a creative business coach, and on your blog, you have written a great post entitled 13 Signs You Might Be Ready to Start an Online Furniture Painting Business. Now, one of those signs is you're not afraid to fail in your creative business. Explain what you mean by that. Well, that probably is the scariest thing. You know, when you jump, like I jumped in from a nursing career over to painting furniture, I mean, the first thing you think is failure. I mean, is am I going to make this work? How can I do this? But, you know, you cannot be afraid because if you are afraid of anything, you're never going to get to the next step. You have to put yourself out there and just give it the best shot. Not everything is going to work. Trust me, it's not. I have failed many times and I don't really call them failures. Failure to me is when you fail to get up and try again. 
I call it just, we, it's a test. It didn't work. We're going to go do something else. So failure is something you can't be afraid of when you're going to start a business of any kind. You just have to embrace it and go with it and not be afraid to fail and try different things because you're going to have to. Failure really is when you fail is when you fall down and you don't get up. That's the way I think mm-hmm. about it. When you're a child, you know, when you're a baby, and I like to use this this analogy, when you're a child and you're learning or a baby and you're learning how to walk, you're going to fall multiple times and you keep getting up and you're getting up. And the more you get up, the better you get at it. It's the same way in business. You can't be afraid to fail or to fall down because you're going to get back up. And if you fall down and you don't get up, that's your failure. Yeah. Well, and I think too, and you talk about this as well, but there's, there's, you know, uh, for really for any business, for most in most cases, but especially when we're talking about furniture painting business, you don't just dive into it full time. I mean, it's a, it's a process. It's a it's a progression, um, and and so you know that progression I think helps that process as well. Absolutely, that is nothing. I and I don't teach this to any of the men and women that I coach. Is that you can't just quit your full time job and jump in. You're going to starve. You just really are. I mean, this was a planned venture. This was something that I thought about over the years. I kept it to myself. I didn't uh, talk to my family about it because I know as a business owner, anytime, especially a creative business owner, when you have an idea, not everybody's going to see your idea and they're not going to understand it. And mm-hmm. you don't want that negative feedback because you do, it shuts you down. So I kept it to myself. I knew what I wanted to do and I just kind of grew it in my head until I got to a point. And then I sat down with the husband and I discussed it and we talked about it and he kind of looked at me funny, but you know, he has been my greatest supporter all along and you know, it's just been a wonderful journey. Well, that that really leads us into my next question. And that is, when do I make the jump into doing this full time? I mean, you have folks that really enjoy it; they're making a profit. Um, but, but again, they they do have that that fear factor, or there could potentially be other reasons why they're hesitating. But what would you say to that person um, who's just like right on the verge, but they're just they're still they're they're just they're not sure? I mean, do you have specific advice? Do you have a listing of, of a sort of a checklist that you think people should go through. And I know that article I mentioned earlier um, does that as well. But what would you say to that person? You know, and that's, that's a really um, great question because what I did and what I suggest you do is look at your finances. I mean, can you actually afford to take less than what you're making? Cause when you jump from this amount of money every year, your benefits and all of that, you're not going to be able to start your business and do that. We all know business takes time and it may take a couple of years to actually get up and running. If you're lucky, you're doing good in two years. I've been very, very blessed, but I've also been very dedicated and hard and I did the background work before. So get your finances in order. Pay off all of your bills that you have. I mean, that was the the first thing that I looked at was how much money did I have to have to make it each month to sustain Mm -hmm. myself to pay the bills at home. I do have a spouse that works full time, so he can cover the insurance for me. So, I mean, I'm not saying just quit your job and just jump out there because it's not a smart idea. You have to plan and organize and structure this. And I knew that I needed to make X amount of money to cover the bills. And I worked from there. And every month I would make a little more than what my bills cost me. I'd take that and put it back into my business. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew from there. So you have to be very strategic with your finances before you jump out into this. 
Hello, this is Ashley from Blue Ren Interiors and I wanted to say huge congratulations to Zebra for their 200th episode. Thank you Zebra for all of your encouragement and all that you do for us. You're a huge part of our community and looking forward to the next 100. Today's question of the week is quite fitting. What do you enjoy the most about the podcast? Hi, this is Anne Michelle from Amini Design Ashburn, and I love listening to the Zebra podcast because it is such a great source of information on topics that most of us face in our refinishing community. I find great new furniture refinishing accounts to follow and learn tips and ideas that I can apply to my business as well. I always finish an episode feeling inspired and motivated. Thanks so much, Zebra. Hi everyone, this is Amy from Panolo Designs. The one thing that I enjoy about the Zebra Podcast is listening to my fellow furniture refinishers talk about the design process, the inspiration, and the problem solving behind their creations. It really gives me a lot of inspiration as well into what I do with my pieces. So that is what I really, really enjoy listening and hearing about. This is Cindy from Reinvented Delaware, and what I love about listening to the Zebra podcast is learning about all the friendships and camaraderie that have developed within this furniture painting community. Hi, this is Sandra with Black Lab Furniture Revival, and congratulations to Zebra on their 200th episode. One thing that I absolutely love about listening to the Zebra podcast is how it has helped us celebrate our community. It has helped us build a strong furniture community where it definitely is community over competition. Thanks, Anne, Michelle, Amy, Sandra, and Cindy. If you have a general question you would like asked among your refinishing peers, send me an email at lane at enjoyzebra.com. If we answer your question on the podcast, you'll receive a free zebra paintbrush. Chloe here from Chloe Cancer Design. I just wanted to say a huge congratulations to Zebra for their 200th podcast episode, which is an amazing achievement. And, you know, they've always been inclusive of everybody's work. I feel really privileged um, to be able to chat to them and to have been on their podcast. And I just want to say thank you for including me. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations, Zebra Podcast, on your 200th episode. Jenny Lynn here of Fusion Mineral Paints. It's been an absolute pleasure being a guest on your show in earlier episodes. Zebra has created an exciting platform within this industry that focuses on amazing paint tools and incredible furniture artists that really push the limits. As a creator of Fusion, I'm continually re-inspired by fellow entrepreneurs and furniture artists. You've brought together a community of passionate painters to share their stories techniques and help each other thrive in this creative corner of our world. As we say here at Fusion, paint is good for the soul and your podcast embodies that. To another 200 episodes and as always, paint it beautiful. As we close this celebration podcast, we wanted to remind you of a few exciting events coming up. We are getting close to celebrating the annual Golden Brush Awards. We will certainly provide more details as we near the time of accepting injuries, but now is the time to be reviewing all of your beautiful pieces refinished in 2022 and to think about refinishing a piece that you have been wanting to tackle and enter into the awards. You have a full month left as all pieces must be finished between January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. Stay tuned for more details to come.
Also, today is the last day to enter the November Zebra Review of Hashtag Zebra Buffets. Make sure you tag your buffets refinished from January 1st, 2022 through November 30th, 2022. Thanks again for joining us today. We can't say enough thanks to you, our loyal listeners who tune in week after week to hear content that is inspiring information and fun. If you would like to participate in future podcasts, send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and share your interest. Happy refinishing, friends.